in all things give thanks. As followers of Jesus, we, each of us here, are tasked with joining him in his work of bringing healing and wholeness to the world. This is what we pray every time we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We must recognize that we are living in an already but not yet kingdom of God. We are standing on a threshold, an in-between liminal space of God's kingdom, where it has come already in the form of Jesus, in his incarnation and his crucifixion and his resurrection, and in the way that he lived and loved and served and healed. And God's kingdom continues to come in us as we gather together as the corporate body of Christ in the ways that we care for those around us, the widows and the orphans, the way that we clothe the naked and feed the hungry. This is God's kingdom coming. But then we blink, and this spiritual reality seems like an impossible dream, doesn't it? God's kingdom in all of its fullness and glory is definitely not here, just yet. We take one look at the media and we're reminded of the brokenness of our world. Our eyes might be brought to tears again and again as we read another headline about a mass shooting or about police brutality or about bomb threats in our schools. Something inside of us churns with discomfort and lament every time we pass someone homeless in our own city. Or we read about the growing number of children in foster care, or we learn more about this human trafficking crisis happening right here in our corner of the world. These realities, the reality of poverty and neglect and abuse in our own communities is something that we must grapple with and not ignore. This is what it means to follow Jesus, to feel the brokenness and, and the pain of our world and to join him in his work of healing it. On top of this chaos swirling around us, we deal every day with our own worries, don't we? Worries and limitations. Physically, we are facing illnesses, we face aging and injury and cancer, that dreaded C word. We grieve miscarriages and infertility. And our relationships with family and friends can bring joy, but don't they also bring sorrow and pain? We battle depression and debilitating anxiety and all-consuming addictions. And we have to ask, where is God in all of this? We must wrestle time and time again with that question, where are you, God, in this? We have plenty to concern us, more than enough worries for today. Our job as members of God's kingdom, then, is to always search for his grace and his goodness in every moment, in the midst of the brokenness. 
But seek first his kingdom, it said in Matthew 6, 33. Eugene Peterson translates it in the message, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. This is our task, to arrange our lives in such a way that we can see God in all things. We, whose spiritual eyes have been open to God's realities, It is our job to continually search for his glimpses of presence and goodness, his work in the world, and not only to see it, but then call attention to it, help others to see God. We hunt for his goodness in all people, all people, and in all circumstances, and we keep on declaring to anyone who will listen, God is here. And this is not easy, is it? To keep sight of God in the midst of the crises, in the midst of the mundane things of coming and going, in the midst of family gatherings and board meetings and death and loss and poverty and bigotry, this takes vigilance to see God in all things. We must live spiritually disciplined lives, live with intention in order to partner with Jesus to bring his wholeness to this earth, his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. According to Paul's words that we read today in Philippians, we must take on these spiritual disciplines of rejoicing always and praying. Rejoice? Prayer? On one hand, these practices sound obvious. I mean, we're in church after all. Even simple, they seem like a trite and too simple reaction to earth-shattering, heartbreaking problems. But as a response to the brokenness and the oppression that plagues our world, that fills our newscasts, that fills the pages of our newspapers, and the stories of our own lives. Rejoicing and praying are downright rebellious acts. According to the Life with God Bible definition of rejoicing, it is to take utter delight and joy in ourselves and in others, in our life and in the world as a result of faith and confidence in God's greatness and beauty and goodness. This is a practice of finding reason to give thanks in all things. And it is pushing back on what our culture tells us to just give in to the despair, just give in to the brokenness and lose hope. And this practice of prayer, to live a prayerful life is to live in the most subversive way to acknowledge the spiritual reality of God's kingdom that is breaking through our midst in the the middle of this physical reality of brokenness and heartache. Prayer is the way that we continually share what God, with God, what we are doing and what we are discovering, while at the same time asking, what are you doing, God, and how can I join you in your work? To pray in all circumstances rather than to fret and worry and stew. This is to rebel against the status quo of humankind. 
And before you know it, says Philippians 4-7 in the message, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the very center of our lives. These disciplines of rejoicing and prayer aren't magic tricks that we perform to make God's peace appear and transcend our understanding. Instead, they're a way that we open our eyes, or allow God, rather, to open our eyes to the spiritual reality that is here. God's peace is already among us. The Spirit is present with us. And we must train our minds to think about these things. Constantly bringing our awareness back to God, in tune with his presence and the spirit of peace that is with us always. Paul writes, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. So that's where the peace comes. That's where the gratitude comes, when we tune our ears to listen for the voice of the Spirit in all things. This voice that speaks love and joy and peace to us. So how, then, can we listen in the midst of these news cycles, in the midst of reading the paper, in the midst of waiting in the doctor's office and in dealing with sadness and looking at the despair in our own city streets? Think about such things. This spirit speaks truth. Whatever is true is from the spirit. The spirit speaks truth, not lies or condemnation. Whatever is honorable, the spirit speaks honor, honorably of others, not sowing dissension or competition. The Spirit speaks justly and brings real justice, God's kingdom justice, which is very different than what our world proclaims as justice. Standing in solidarity with those who are oppressed and marginalized by the power-hungry. We listen to the voice of the Spirit who brings pure thoughts, not corruption and darkness and fear. And the Spirit's work is pleasing and compelling and life-giving, not life-draining. And the Spirit's work is commendable and excellent and deserving of praise. And guess what? We get to join in the work of the Spirit, the work that God is doing in this world. So as we live on the threshold between this already of God's kingdom and not yet, of God's kingdom. Would you join me in being vigilant in the hunt for the Spirit's activity and presence in every moment? Practicing prayer even in the midst of lament and sadness. Giving thanks in all things. For glimpses of God's work of wholeness and healing can always be found.